Today, in my interview with Alan Meisner, we are going to learn how he is able to live in sunny Panama year-round and train people remotely using his app. Also, we'll learn how he uses the app as a passive source of training income. That's right, not having to do a lot of work for those paying clients, but he also uses it for more active training clients. So we'll learn that too. In addition, we're going to learn how he is able to track clients from all over the world by creating authority with a book he's written that actually sells on Amazon. And then finally, we'll also learn how he markets his niche of training clients 40 years and older, and he doesn't take anyone under. So he really focuses on a specific niche, and it's done really well for him. Stay tuned. Fitness coaches, get more clients by learning the secret techniques successful trainers and gym owners are using to grow their business in person and online. Create multiple streams of income by training clients online, selling challenges, and growing your membership. This is the Fitness Business Secrets Podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Oshita. I've built two fitness businesses to about a half million dollars each by improving marketing, sales, and operations. Let's grow your sales and your clients. Before I get to the show, I just want to share what I've been working on. And I actually have some questions, your advice and opinion that I'd like to ask. So we just started the Facebook group and we started, uh, I got all my social media profiles up, which takes a lot. And I want to start giving out some freebies to help people promote their immunity boost fitness challenge, which I think is a key way that you can get new online clients. I think there's also a lot of confusion on what immunity is and how to improve your immunity. Some people think it's genetic and some people think it's nothing to be done or it's only uh, only nutrition. So I want to know what have you heard from your customers or your clients and what they want to know about immunity so that I can make posts and maybe some handouts for you to give out to them. So over the next few weeks, make sure to respond to that poll and let me know what you would like to have as social media posts and freebies to give to your audience. The second thing I would love your advice on is how you want to create your online training business. So as I thought more and more about it and with what's happening, I feel more that all fitness businesses must have multiple streams of income, not just offline one-on-one trainer training clients. We also need online clients and we also need downloadable content that we sell. Different, some are passive, some are less passive, some have more revenue, but the point is you have different streams of income coming in so that you can always feel diversified. And if one setup, let's say um, we have to be quarantined for a little bit longer or social distancing for a couple months, you can still know you can count on different sources of income or different avenues of your business. So I strongly believe helping you create like an online membership site with downloadable courses that are passive and also doing online virtual training in a way where you can train a lot of clients with minimal work. In addition, different funnels and different ways for you to attract clients to your social profiles and reach out to you to work with you. So that's what I envision me helping you with through the Facebook group and through the podcast um, and still 
of course, we want to train people online because it's so much fun. Um, but what I want to know from you is what type of business are you most interested in learning more about? What do you want to learn more about to grow your diversified fitness business? Make sure to let me know in the comments or preferably actually in the Facebook group because I'm in there all the time and I love to meet you in there and then I can we can have a conversation right there. All right, so make sure to check out the Facebook group. It's Fitness Business Secrets and you'll definitely be accepted. All right, enjoy the show. Hi, listeners. We have a super awesome treat today because we're talking to Alan Meisner, who is a personal trainer, owner of Island Fitness Gym located in Bocas del Toro, Panama. What's really interesting about Alan's training business is that he focuses on helping the 40 plus market get healthy through his podcast, aptly called 40 Plus Fitness Podcast. And this is what's so interesting, his own fitness app in the App Store, aptly called 40 Plus Training, 40 Plus Fitness Training App. He's even wrote the book, The Wellness Roadmap, a straightforward guide to health and fitness after 40 that is highly reviewed on Amazon, meaning five stars. Through the app, he does group training, one-on-one training. And I mean, these are real packages he's selling from $75 a month to even a $3.99 package on the app. In addition, he lives in Bocas del Toro, Panama. How cool is that? I can just feel the sun on my face by talking to him. He is living the dream, training people remotely, training people in person, and enjoying the warmth year-round. However, he hasn't been a fitness guy all his life like many trainers. He was well over 250 pounds and only started his fitness path at the age of 39. So if you ever feel like it's too late, listen to Alan's story, it's really inspiring. I'm just curious to hear how he's made such a 180 shift in his life and changed his focus to fitness and built this online 40 plus fitness empire. Alan, how are you doing today and how is Panama? I'm doing great, Christy, thank you. And Panama is warm as always. I love it. I'm from Hawaii, so I get it. And every day in Hawaii, it's like 80 degrees and sometimes it's 90. (laughs) So I guess I wanted to ask you first, your whole story, how did you even get involved with fitness? Well, I was, as, as you mentioned, 39 years old, really unhappy with myself. I had a great career, was making good money, traveling all the time, seeing the world. But I just wasn't happy. I wasn't satisfied. There, just, there was too much missing. And, and so I couldn't rely on the things I had. My health was failing. My fitness was failing. And I was, I turned myself and excuse the language. You can bleep this out if you need to, a fat bastard. I just, I wasn't happy. And I was, I was not being cool to other people about it, you know? So it was just my whole outlook was not where it needed to be. And so I started trying to figure out, you know, I can't hire a personal trainer because I can't commit to going to the gym every week. I have business travel. I have to go somewhere. So I went ahead and decided to go ahead and get certified myself through the NASM uh, certification. And I did that certification. I did their corrective exercise and their fitness nutrition. I then went with the Functional Aging Institute and got certified as a functional aging specialist. And I've done a few other things in the background as far as education, just kind of getting myself into that mode of what does a personal trainer for someone over the age of 40 look like? What are they, what skills do I need to have? So I got those skills so I could train myself. And then I did. And I lost uh, about 66 pounds of fat and gained about 11 pounds of muscle wow. in about 11 months. 
went from being the, the fat bastard, you know, to being able to do a Tough mutter with my 21-year-old daughter like that. So, you know, I, I made drastic changes to myself. And obviously, you know, you're on Facebook and someone sees you finish Tough mutter and they're looking at a picture and my friend says, hey, what, do you, what did you do? He said, I just saw you last March and you didn't look like this. And so I explained to him what I was doing. And I said, you know, I'll coach you if you want. I said, but I only have one payment uh, for that. And he's like, what? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm starting this podcast. And when I train you, I want our calls to be interviews to hmm. be on the podcast. And he agreed. And so I trained he and his wife. And over the course of 10 weeks, he lost 39 pounds. She lost 29 pounds. And so, you know, I was like, okay, what I'm doing works for people over the age of 40. It's a proven model. And it, so I decided to go ahead and start trying to train people. And because again, I still had that, that full-time job. I was going all around the world. I knew that I couldn't do it in person effectively. So I started doing it online and that comes, you know, building a website and everything behind that, that then eventually led to the app. But it really started from me wanting to change me and being successful at it and then wanting to help others. And so I just started reaching out from there. And that's, you know, podcasts and everything else was really just an outreach to help people. Mm -hmm. And just curious, I think, what, what were you doing that was, what was your job? And where, and how, what year was this that you were traveling a lot? Okay, well, I was a, I was a corporate executive uh, working internal audit for public companies. And so from the time I was, I would say 32 until I was just until 2017, I was traveling all the time. I've been to well over 45 countries. In many cases, I would spend 90% of my time away from home and, you know, maybe spend one or two nights a month at home at times. So that was just my, my lifestyle, my travel. And it was very, very stressful. And, you know, so as I was looking at my overall health and continued with the podcast, you know, I improved my fitness significantly. I was improving other parts of my wellness, but the job and the stress of the job was still holding me back. And that's when I, when I got laid off December of 2017, I made the decision to just not go back. I said, you know, I, I no, I'm not making enough money uh, doing the online personal training to pay my bills as you will, but I, I just didn't want to go back to corporate. So I said, I'm going to make it work. And so it was kind of an all in uh, deal at that point. And that's when I thought, okay, how do I get the credibility to be out there and really training people? Great. I have, you know, some testimonials and, you know, I, I could put that out there, but that's not going to move the needle. So that's when I wrote the book, The Wellness Roadmap. And that was really, you know, some people will say a book is a business card, but I can tell you it's, it's so much more than that. When you get the emails from someone that says, hey, this really changed my life. And then they get that message. And many of those people then come on and say, hey, I want to be on, I want to be a client. What do I have to do to be a client? Uh, and when you have people coming to you, asking you for that, that's, that's an easy sell. You know, at that point they're committed, they're ready to go. And that's the kind of people you want in your tribe. That's who, that's who you want to be working with. Yeah. I love that. How long did it take you to write the book? It took me about six months uh, start. Well, I, it took longer because I did the outline. It was interesting. Uh, as I was doing the outline for the book, I actually did a series of five podcasts that were basically the outline for the whole book. And, and so, you know, and I did those methodically to put them in right at the end of a year, a calendar year, because everybody comes into January with their, their new resolutions. And I thought, okay, if I had the wellness roadmap out there, I mean, five episodes of a podcast ready for them when they come in, 
they can literally go through these five and that's the roadmap that's going to help them get there. Uh, so that was my outline for the book. And I did that, you know, in December of, I guess, 16, 17 and, oh no, 16. And then as I got into the writing the book, that, that part I started in March and finished up that we published the book in early December. Hmm. Okay. So you did the five episodes in December, 2016, which means you're still at your, your job. And then March, 2017, you started the book and then December you put it live on Amazon. Well, yeah, actually the book went live in 2019. So I guess on my year was off a little bit. I, I guess oh, it was okay. 18, but yeah. So basically, yeah, it was in 2018, December, 2018 was when the actual book came out. So, and, and yes, at that point I was effectively unemployed. I was an online <laughs> personal trainer, but I wasn't training anybody in person at that point. I was just doing the online training. So, you know, yeah, I had, I had time. That was, a, that was a really good time for me to invest in myself uh, by getting this book out there. Mm-hmm. How long did, how many hours a week did you put into writing this book? 70, 80. The thing about writing a book and, and I hired coaches, you know, that, that's the other thing is if, if, if anything you're doing, hire a coach, just go ahead and do it. You know, just like you want people to hire you to get results quickly and, and get good results without hurting themselves or anything else. It, it works the same way in, in your business. If you're sitting back and you're struggling with something and yeah, you're going to gut it out. And sometimes, yeah, time is the equity you need to put in. But if, if you have it in you, hire coaches. And I did. I hired a really good writing a partner. I, were, I hired a really good editor. I hired the best people for the graphics of the book. You know, everything I bought, everything I did, I made sure I had I invested in the right people to help mm-hmm. me get where I wanted to go. And so, you know, we, this, with my writing partner, we we're like having conversations and he's like, okay, you know, so here's, and he helped keep me on track. And but like I said, the editors and that they're, they're like, okay, this is the structure. Uh, so we lay this stuff out and then it's like, okay, I've got to do research to fill in this gap because I said something and I need to prove it. Or, you know, we, uh, because it's, it's a roadmap and it's setting a GPS. So it's a look, all these car kind of things. So as I'm going through this, I have to be thinking about how do I say this with pictures, thinking about a car. So you're looking at the gauges of the car, you're looking at the speed of the car, the type of car, all those different things played into trying to explain to someone some fitness or health concept. And so as you're writing the book, you need to have a common tie-in front to back. And that's, you know, that's where you see most of these books that'll come out and you'll read them. You'll recognize that they're, they're using those same things to carry through the whole book. So there was a lot of thought process into, you know, how do I explain to someone that they're going to have to go with the pace that makes sense for their lifestyle. And so it was like, you know, some people are going to get in a Ferrari and just haul it, which I was able to do with mine because I didn't have any other obligations. Uh, So for eight, nine months, I was just working really hard on fitness and that was my Ferrari. But sometimes you have family members or you have vacations planned or you have other things you got to carry with you. So you're, you're in a minivan or you're in a pickup and that's just you understanding the course. And so you're talking to someone, don't expect to always be in a Ferrari because you'll burn out. Sometimes you've got to take the minivan because the family's got to come along with you. And so it's, it's just those kind of stories that you're trying to come up, plus just personal stories. I share so much about my, my path and my story in the book, and you just got to be open and personal about it 
like I said, I literally called myself the fat bastard uh, at the time and I bought the domain. So I, I own fatbastard.org. <laughs> and if you click on it, it's probably going to take you to 40 plus fitness. <laughs> but so, th- you know, that's kind of the concept of, as you go through the book is people will say it's a business card, but I'll, I'll tell you, it's much, much more than that, particularly if it's built around the structure of the way you train and it's your voice. So, you know, when someone's going to hire a personal trainer, they have to be very comfortable and trust that person. And so I wanted to make sure with the book that they understood my style, they understood who I was, where I came from, and, and, and knew I was a fit. So if, if they read my book and they don't like the person they, they have in that book, then I'm not a good trainer for them. Okay. And I totally get that. I can't be a good trainer for everybody. But for the people who like my style, and they'll hear that in my podcast, or they'll hear that, read that in my book, and I even did an audio version of the book. So they hear it, they, they read it, it's there. They know who I am as a trainer and my philosophy and my approach. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I think a lot of us have been inspired or thought it would be great to write a book, but you really did it. But at the same time, you're reminding us there were some real costs with that. Is this right? You spent six months and you said weekly you were putting 70 to 80 hours a week into writing this book? Yes, yes. Okay. It wasn't all writing time. I mean, like I said, a lot of times you're just sitting there and you're thinking through how, how do I structure this or what would be a good story for, for that? And so I'm thinking back to my past and it's like, when have I experienced something like this? And, and what were the feelings? Because you, when you write a story, you, you don't want to just say, I did this, then I did that, then I did this. And it's, no, one, no one likes that story. But when it's, I did this, I felt that. Hmm. And it gets deep into the emotion of, of the feelings. And so, you know, it, it could be simple as I, you know, I talk about ego and I said, okay, you know, for one reason or another, I just got it in my head that I needed to be able to uh, deadlift 500 pounds. And cause I, you know, there were no other 50 year olds in, in the, in the gym I was in that were, they were close to that. And I was like, I just want to get 500. And I don't know why, I don't know where it came from, the number or any of it. It's just, I started deadlifting really heavy. And um, then I'm going into a CrossFit workout and they have us doing heavy deadlifts. And so I'm really pushing myself on the deadlifts. And then the Metcon was hang cleans and toes to bar and a, a run. And, and you did those at an AMRAP. And so I'm, my, my lower back is so fatigued at this point. There, there's no reason I should have been doing hang cleans. And I knew it as a personal trainer. I would never have programmed that, but I tried to do it and I hurt myself. And so, you know, it's the embarrassment of I'm a personal trainer and I just did something really stupid. You know, when you share that kind of stuff for people, a lot of people are afraid that, okay, well, that's going to, that's going to scare people away. They're going to think I'm not a really good personal trainer if I can't keep myself healthy, but it's just being real with them and saying, look, we have egos. We want to compete. We want to do these things sometimes. And it's really hard to pull yourself back, but it's really, really important that you do so. So I'm not trying anywhere near for, you know, anywhere near 500 pound deadlifts anymore. I do deadlifts that are appropriate to what I think I might need to do in a day-to-day life. So it's changed my view of fitness and I work every day to pull my ego back and sometimes to pull my clients' egos back when I see them wanting to push just a little too hard. Huh. That's a great lesson. So, so you, you wrote this book and you invested a lot of time. And I think a lot of people are probably asking, I'm, I'm assuming you had savings at this time to support yourself during your writing period. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I was, I, I did well with my career. As I mm. said, it was the one thing you sit there and say, okay, did I do, what did I do really, really well? And it was the career. I was really mm. committed to my career and I made some really good moves because I would go where the job was. I wasn't one of these, I have to live in this town. I have to, you know, I can't, I'm not going to get a job more than 50 miles from where I live. I was the person that I took a job in California that said, okay, we have an opportunity in, in uh, Massachusetts. I'm like, go, you know, I end up in Massachusetts. It's like, here's a job in Las Vegas, go. Here's a job in Arkansas, go. Because they were, they were good career moves. And so I, I was really good with that. I let everything else go. But so I had, yeah, I had some savings. I had some opportunity. But I would say, don't let the money part of it slow you down. And, and the reality of it is it might take you longer to get that book out. But take the time to invest in yourself. If this book is valuable to you, it's going to be valuable to you as, as an asset. It's going to help your business, it's going to help you, then get it out there any way you can. You know, we spend so many hours doing things that aren't productive, that aren't really adding value to our business. And if you really care about your business, most entrepreneurs will tell you that's not a nine to five job. And if you have a nine to five job and then you're doing something on the side, uh, again, that's still not even a nine to five. You're going to be putting in a lot of hours, but in the long run, if you're making an investment in your business like this, it's time. And it doesn't always have to be money because you can, you can hire someone on Fiverr to do your first cover. You can you know, go through and, and hire an editor uh, on Upwork. Uh, you can do those things and get something out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. I just happen to somewhat be a perfectionist and have the opportunity to make that kind of investment to have that kind of book out there. So, you know, I won America's best book award in the health and fitness category because I really, really worked hard on this book, put a lot of time, put a lot of effort and put a bit of money into making this happen. But you don't have to win awards with your book. You just have to have the book out there so someone can get to know you because that's really what this is about. A uh, business card tells them how to call you. A uh, business card doesn't tell them who you are as a person, but a book is a great opportunity for you to really connect with someone and they know who you are. They know how you coach. And when they, at the end, get that call to action, hey, if you want to work with me, here's my email address. Here's my website. That's going to resonate with them. They get to the end of the book. They liked what you had to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how much did it cost for that writing partner and that editor? Roughly, I think I was in for about $35,000 total. So very expensive. I went high end. You don't have to. There's, there's other groups out there. If, they want to, if someone wants to reach out to me, I know, a, I know a writing coach guy, much cheaper. They actually publish the book for you. So I mean, it's like you go through their, their program and they publish the book for you. I actually joined this guy's group uh, training just to understand book marketing because that was a whole nother area I didn't know uh, as I was getting into this is how do I get more people to read the book? And so again, it's that investment in self and saying, I know I need to market this book. What do I need to know? Who's someone out there that I can learn this from that's been successful and, and resonates a little bit. And I did that. So if someone wants, if you're really looking for this and you just want something that's a lot less expensive, they do it soup to nuts and, and, they're, and they're really good. Okay, thanks. Those are good points. So you, you have this amazing book. People are uh, reaching out to you from the book. And I think we left off, I mean, at, in 2000, at the end of 2018, you published the book, I believe. Yeah. What was, and you had, so you had your podcast going. So it was going for a couple of years. You have your book. You have a great online profile, I imagine. What did you, what did, what did you do next? Were you living in Panama this time? 
No, I was, I was still in uh, Florida. And so that was the other side of it. My wife and I were, were looking at our, our cost of living and, you know, what I was making training. And we were like, you know, let's, let's just sell everything and, and move to some bungalow on the beach. <laughs> so we started, started looking around for, for lack of a better word, retirement communities, or at least cost effective places we could live. Because at that point, I was effectively a digital nomad. And I had the ability to live anywhere I wanted and do exactly what we're doing. And, you know, it's like, as we're recording this podcast, we had all these technical issues. My power went out. I'm tethered to my phone. So I knew I could solve those kind of problems and you just roll with it. Panama is that kind of place where it's just laid back. It's comfortable. You know, there's nobody's really busy. Everybody's happy generally until someone steals a bike or something like that. But you know, it's a really, a really chill place to live, which is good because that was one of the fundamental things I wanted to improve my health was my stress management and living in a place like this. It's, it's pretty easy to just sit back and relax from time to time. So yeah, we moved here in February of 19. So as we're, as we're right now, we're over a year that we've been here and we've spent time living out in the jungle and time living in, in town and, you know, bouncing back and forth. So it's a really beautiful place to be. And like I said, it's, it, it works because I, I can still do what I'm doing with the, with the online presence. And then it just happened as we're moving down here that the owners of the gym were selling. Hmm. And so I started the negotiations with them. And then in June of, of 19, I, I bought Island Fitness. Hmm. How big was Island Fitness at the time? I'm assuming you, you improved it and you grew it, but yeah. how many customers? I'm not really familiar with the, this exact area you're in. Like, is it yeah. a small community? Yeah, we're, we're an island, a series of islands. Bocas del Toro is basically an, an archipelago. So there's about nine habitable islands, and most people live on three or four of them here that are in cluster. And I live in the main one, uh, Isla Cologne, and Bocas Town is the main town. I live there. That's where the gym is. It's a small gym. I mean, quite literally, it's smaller than the garage gym I had in Florida. It's probably, I don't know if I had to guess, somewhere around 800 square feet. Mm. Now, when I first got there, yeah, they, they, they didn't have a lot of things. And so I immediately lowered all the, all the membership prices. And I said, you know, they're not, they're not, we're not earning this. And so I'm going to lower the prices and I lowered the prices and that helped. I started cleaning the place up and painting it and that helped. And then, you know, just little things that are missing. Like they didn't have 25 pound dumbbells. They didn't have a set of those from five, they had it from five all the way up to 70, but they were missing the 25s. And, I, and I'm like, that's the most popular yeah. <laughs> <in the gym. laughs> and so I bought those. I bought a set of 12s because we didn't have 12s. I bought, we only had one Olympic bar. So I bought two more. We didn't have a cable machine. So I bought a lat, lat pull down machine with a cable row attachment. We didn't have a squat rack. So now we have a squat rack, pull up bar and the whole bit. So I have been investing heavily in equipment since I bought the gym only because I did want to build it up. I could have just run it. And that would have been fine. But I was like, no, I want to change the model. I, I want this to be a gym people feel good about coming to. And so now as, yeah, as, as we're recording this, I'm, I'm about to go back up. I'm going to go up on the prices again. So, you know, that's one of the things when you're investing, you now have an asset that's worth more. You charge more. Right, right. And how is that doing? Do you find that you're getting customers? Do you find that your market, your online, current online marketing is attracting people or do you have to do different local marketing? 
I, I have to generally do local marketing here because a lot of them aren't taking the time to necessarily listen to a podcast and they're not necessarily in the same circles, you know, like with the podcast, you know, people will join a group that says 40 plus fitness. So there's a group out there we have for the podcast and people will join that just because they see 40 plus fitness and they get in there and then like, Oh, there's a podcast. They didn't even know there was a podcast because they're coming in through the Facebook side. Uh, then others are coming from the podcast onto the Facebook and that, that kind of works dynamically back backwards and forwards, you know, for people to learn about the podcast and people on the podcast to get to know me more and better. But here it's not that way. So here it's, social things. So I contribute, we had a, a charity to, for the women's international women's day. And so we gave away memberships for them to do a silent auction. I make sure that I'm in, engaged with the community. So if there's a charity event or something like that, I go, I, I, I bid on silent auction things or even on live auctions. I'm, I'm active in the environment and the, and the people here. So they see an active owner. They see an engaged owner that cares about the community and then they start the conversation. Hey, you know, I really want to get in shape, but, and then you have some objections you work through. So most of my training here now on the island is group training. Yeah. And what I'll do is I'll bring in a group of four to six people, really small group and say, okay, we're going to come in during the hours the gym is closed. So we don't have to fight for equipment. You have full run of the gym. I'll run you through the programs and, and we do, we push ourselves and, and they, they get results. And so I'm working through the first round of that because like I said, I just bought the gym in June and just got all the equipment in there to start really doing this. So now I'm starting this practice of, okay, I'm going to bring in small groups. We'll have a focus. Are we going to work on building muscle? Are we going to work on general functional fitness? Because for some people, they just want to be able to get in and out of a boat easier. So I'm still from a practice perspective, gravitated towards the 40 plus crowd, but that's only because that's my age group. So they see me as a trainer, someone in their twenties isn't necessarily going to walk up to me and say, Hey, train me. But a lot of my, you know, what I guess I call friends now on the Island, they will they say, Hey, I, I need to do something. And I'm like, okay, join one of my small groups and let's get this done. Nice. And so, you know, that's, that's the thing is with, with something local, you need to be local. You need to really be paying attention to that. And that's not something you mail in with ads. I mean, you can, you can do mailers and flyers and things like that, which I know a lot of gyms will do, you know, $5 for the first month kind of thing. Great, great. $5 for the first month and you'll never see them again. But if you go and take the time to build a relationship with someone and you, then you bring them in and you sell them up, not just a gym membership, but a relationship. I'm going to be there for you every Tuesday and Thursday at two o'clock. It's our gym and I make the groups name themselves. So one of my teams is called the super sloths and the other is called the howlers. Mm -hmm. And you know, they come in and they work hard and they're getting results and they're happy. And so I'll set up another round. I'll bring in another group and some of those people probably come on and join one of those groups I say, okay, come up with a group name. Cause I don't want to call you Tuesday, Thursday, you know? <laughs> So it's just that relationship thing. And, and you can do that online. You can do that offline, but this is different. I think it's a slightly different approach when it's, when it's in person, because at that point, you know, you have to build a deep relationship like a friend. They have to trust you to be willing to come. Whereas with my online training, those guys can work out at home. I don't have to, you know, I, we talk about their workouts. We push them through workouts, but they're in their home gym and I'm not counting reps for them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So it sounds like at your gym, you have, I know you have group classes, you have gym membership, and then you're mainly the person doing the personalized training. And that's only through small group training. Is that right? Yes. Right, right now. If, if someone came to me and said they wanted to hire me as a, as a one-on-one trainer, I, I would, I would work with them. Uh, just it's it's a for for folks on the island. It's a little cost prohibitive. You know, part of the reason people are in Panama is because it, the cost of living is low. The the wages here are low. So when you throw out a number of what you would charge for personal training, like a, a perfect example, one of our I, there is another personal trainer. She's never gotten a client at the gym. She's charging U.S. based prices, seventy five dollars an hour, and no one here is going to pay seventy five dollars an hour for a personal trainer. Now, that was my rate in the United States when I was training people one-on-one per, in person. Uh, I, that's my rate, you know, that's what I would have charged. And that's, so I understand why she's charging what she's charging, she's just not getting any clients. Whereas I can come to a small group and I can say, okay, for the six of you, if I get six, this is, this is the rate and it, it literally works out to less than $10 a session if I have six. Hmm. How about how much is it? I'll, I, I, the first one I set up was a nine week program and it was 225. And so I'm meeting with them 18 times at 225 and that comes out to, I think a little less than $10 a session or a little more than $10. But when they get their gym membership included, you back the gym membership out and the hours that I get paid as a personal trainer, hmm. you know, that's less than $10 a session. Got it. Nice. Okay. So that's how you solved that uh, price difference between the U.S. and what the local area was charging. How much is the group, how much is the gym membership for people there? Right now it's 30 for locals and it's going to go, but it's going to go up to 35. So I, like I said, I, because I invested in the equipment, cleaned the place up, I moved the group classes to another another building. So the space, they have, they have more space. We have Hmm. more space. So just making the place nicer for everybody in general, you know, I I feel it's time for me to go ahead and increase the price to -hmm. pay that back and to make sure I can continue to do that. Yeah. Do you pay anybody to just open the gym up front desk? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. My, my, my staff, I have, I have staff, local staff, they keep the gym open. That's, that's primarily their job. Come in, open up, wipe down, clean the mirrors, check people in, smile. Uh, (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's, that's their job and, and they're really good at it, but none of them is uh, a personal trainer. So I, I can't use them in any other capacity other than doing that. And for most of them, this is not their first job. This is a second job. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're there. If they, they can't be there, they call me or message me. And I'm like, okay, I'll come in and work a shift. But for the most part, I, I actually don't do much in the gym other than fix things and train people. Hmm. Okay, nice. And if you don't mind me asking about how much is rent for, so I know you said you have an 800 square foot gym space and then you got another room, maybe yeah. like 150 square feet for the classes. Yeah, but for both, we, we, we sublet for the, the classes. It's, a, it's basically, it was a yoga space. She set it up for yoga, but it's big enough and it, it's appropriate. So we do the classes in there. We pay 150 a month to have that space. And then we pay 600 a month for our gym space. Okay. And, and so again, that, that's, I know that's going to sound really, really, really low. Mm-hmm. And it is, but relative to rents here, that's, that's actually not really that low, all, all things considered. Mm. To preface it, my, my apartment rent is eight fifty. We have a two bedroom apartment in the in the center of town, and it's eight fifty a month for our, my apartment rent. 
So oh, if you want to kind of compare and contrast that of what right. your rentals would be, uh, your rentals will probably be a lot more. And if you're in commercial space in the United States, it can get a little complex because you're, you're, you're looking at not only the rents, but sometimes the shared cost of, of keeping up the building. I think they call it NNN or whatever the, whatever Triple they, net they, lease. they yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, something like that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you'll see that. And uh, I, I, I get these things to buy because you know, I signed up to potentially buy it an anytime fitness at one point. Mm. So I get these and you'll see people are, people are paying nine grand a month for rent for facilities. So, you know, start low, start small, work, work from your garage if you can, you know, because in, in the end, what, you know, what crushes a lot of people is that their, their overhead costs are so high, they never are able to make that up. Yeah. And, and so you, by starting small, it gives you that capacity to grow and, 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 you know, when I have more than 10 people in the gym, it is crowded. It is really crowded, but they're all working and they're all working hard and they're enjoying their workouts. And so, you know, I'm okay with a little bit of overcrowding during certain busy hours. Someone asks me, you know, when, when is it not so busy? I can tell them, you know, come in, come in at 11 o'clock. It starts tailing down at 11 o'clock. We close at 12, we reopen at three and then come back in at three. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to wear. Those 11 and then three are the two best hours for someone to come into our gym. Uh, that's when the least amount of people are going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so I just know those peak times. And during the peak times, we're going to be, we're going to be overcrowded. It's going to be tight. But again, people are there, they're enjoying it and everybody's doing. It. So as I shift the model from a drop-in business, which is what they were to a member centric business, it just takes me you know, listening to what the members need and giving them the equipment they need in the space. So that's why we expanded the space was it just was not working having the classes in the same workspace where we had the gym. Mm-hmm. You can imagine that. that. Imagine having yeah. a row of classes in a, cla- in a building, 800 square foot room, and you've got all your weight equipment in there as well. And so they're trying to jump over around and not bump into people who are trying to do their lifting. And so it just, yeah, it was not working. Uh, mm-hmm. So we fixed those problems and you know, it took an investment and, it, and now, yeah, my rent's more, but we just keep plugging on. Hey, thanks for listening. It's time for our quick break. Hey, Christy here. I hope you're enjoying the show. I know in each show we cover a ton of tips and maybe you're out and about and wish you could write something down. No problem. Come on over to fitnesssecrets.co, that's fitnesssecrets with an S.co, and check out our edited transcription of today's show. We are all about main ideas, so it's easy for you to start implementing these tips today. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter so you get free marketing, planning, and operations for your fitness business. Okay, back to the show. Yeah. How many members do you have? Right now, I think as an ongoing, we got about 80 members. Mm-hmm. We, we have drop-ins far exceed that. We'll, we'll have probably over the course of a month, we'll probably have two, 300 drop-ins. So, you know, I want to shift that model. It's nice to have that two to 300 drop-ins per month, mm-hmm. but I'd really like to have the membership be a little higher. I'm, I'm really kind of targeting getting uh, well over a hundred. Uh, this year. So that's kind of my, my goal internally is to start seeing the member count be over a hundred because that really gives us some, some staying power as a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much do you charge for the drop-ins? Uh, it's $5 for a local now and $7 for 
um, someone who's not from the island. Mm, I see. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it sounds like you're making money. That's, that's good. And you've invested. What would, what's like the, you don't have to give me the exact number, but, but it's, but how much does it cost to buy the gym? Because it sounds like pretty much you started from a, like, there wasn't a lot that you had, you were buying because yeah. So how much did you cost? To I, buy? I pay, I paid a premium. Uh, I will admit that the, the people that were selling, you know, wanted to sell, but at the same time uh, they were holding out and I was actually concerned that, that they would go under before I bought. And so there were a couple mm-hmm. of, they had like four or five owners and they, they it, it was it was a weird transaction. Let's just say that the negotiations with them were very weird. So I I basically bought ninety percent of the gym, and the total value of the gym at that point was twenty nine thousand. Hmm. And so as beyond buying the equipment, which probably was I would say if I had to value the equipment, there probably about three thousand dollars. If I had to buy all that equipment, three to four thousand dollars. The difficulty would have been getting it to the island, and that's really where my struggle is with equipment, with uh, supplements, with all of those things, is getting the things there. But that said, I, I valued the equipment at, at about like I said five to six thousand, and then the brand name Island Fitness is a pretty cool brand name and it fits uh, the location that we're in the lease we have we're right next to the largest hostel in the area so there's a lot of walk-by traffic the there's a a program they do on Fridays for the kids like say kids uh, they're in their 20s that go out and they go bar hopping pub crawls these different bars it's called filthy Friday and it brings in hundreds hundreds of people every Friday when they do this and so the the foot traffic around uh, our gym is phenomenal and that's, again, that buys into the why there's so many drop-ins. As soon as they see there's a gym there, you know, in many cases, they weren't expecting to see a gym on the island. It's there. Mm. And we're actually the only full-service gym on the island. There's a, a little fight club gym, and then there's a lot of people doing yoga here and there. But we're, we're actually the only, what I would call, full-service gym. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Nice. Okay, so your gym is coming along. You have your podcast. You have some online trainings that you're doing. What happened next? Okay, well, my online training was doing well. I, I but I, I built the entire platform myself uh, using plugins from WordPress. I had a membership plugin. You know, I, I had my Stripe account. I had Vimeo for the videos, and so I, I, I cobbled all that together to do my online training. I even had online and chat room, you know, for, for everybody to communicate. So the whole community, everything was all built into this platform this, that, I, that I had done on uh, WordPress. And over the time, I had improved it, improved it, and got it to a point where it's actually I'm pretty proud of what I built. But every time a new plugin was changed or something came up, you know, I'd start running into a problem with, with the page. And then because I own the site, I was completely responsible for customer service when someone couldn't get into the app. I mean, get into my, my work. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm spending far too much time on the site and not enough time with the clients. So I started doing some research and I did it for a little bit research. And then I'd say no, and then research. No, I really don't want to pay. The, and then finally I just went ahead and said, I got to bite the bullet. So I looked at two different uh, approaches. One is called trainerize and the other is called PT distinction. And they both are, really good. And then if you look online, you start seeing reviews, you're going to see that both of those are pretty much some of the best that are out there for online coaching. But what I liked about PT distinction, and it might be true of of Trainerize as well, was that if you buy the premium service, which is really still not that expensive, you can brand the app um, specifically to you. So when people go out there, I can send them to an app that's branded 40 plus fitness 
And, and so it's my app and the color scheme is my app. It's my logo. It's all of that. And then when they get in there, when I, you know, if, they, if I give them a workout and it's programmed into there for them, they see that workout. I can make those videos, my videos. So, you know, they have base videos that I can use, but I, some of my clients are blind. And mm-hmm. so they can't just watch a video, you know, do, do this, do this goblet squat. They, they can't watch the video. They can use that, but they can't watch the video. So if I want them to learn how to do a goblet squat, I have to actually explain the movement to them. So the videos that I do for the exercises are much more meticulous and much better described of exactly what a goblet squat feels like. Hmm. And so it's more about the feel than the look. So I can't sit there and just say, you know, your, your, your knee should trail out this way or, you know, you're, you just bring your butt down and you, you hold, hold the goblet, you know, hold the dumbbell or the uh, kettlebell in a rack position. I have to actually explain what a rack position feels like. Hmm. And so as, as I, as I do that, that means, so again, as a part of the branding, the videos are all mine uh, when I need them to be. And, and that, that is huge because from top to bottom, it, it, it looks like me. So you have this really amazing app and looking at the pricing, I went to PT Distinctions website, it looks like it's about $80 a month or $1.60 per client. That's the high end. Yeah, that's the high end uh, if you have a lot of clients. If you start small, you can actually get familiar with the app. Their beginner pricing is really, really low. I think that it's even free at some level. And then once you want to brand it, I think you're up to $60. Yep a month. But again, they're, they're so good about their customer service and the app works really well. Yeah. Uh, everything's in there. Like I can track habits. I, it connects with my fitness pal so I can see their nutrition. It connects with one of the, the uh, I think it's a Garmin or something. So if they want to keep up with their steps, uh, they're working on an Apple health tie-in, but we, they can put their nutrition in there. I can, I can put things on their calendar for them to do. So if they're supposed to train certain things, you know, it's Tuesday and we're supposed to be doing legs. I have their leg workout scheduled in their schedule. They wake up in the morning. That's when they turn on the app. They're going to see a motivational quote for me. And then they're going to see their workout for the day. And so that's right there for them. And they can log all that in the app. It also allows in-app messaging. So like I said, that the the motivational message is there. I can schedule that. It goes to them. If I'm going to schedule a call, I can go into the app and if I want to email everybody, I can just go to this one place and write the email and it sends it to everybody. So it's everything, all my communication, everything is inside that app. Hmm. So can somebody, I see that they actually, it, it comes out to a charge per client and then I guess it, it decreases in cost per client if you get more clients, but it sounds like there's a real cost per client. So can, do you on your app? Up to a point, up to a point. What they oh, say okay. is basically it works like this. So, so you'll pay the like $80. I, I'm actually at that level because at one point I had hundreds of clients that I was doing something special with. And so I just, I've stayed at that level, but at $80, basically I pay $80. I think I get up to 250 clients, I think. It says 50 online clients included. Okay, 50, okay, 50 mm-hmm. included. Okay, that's what it means. So, so up to 50 clients, that $80 is all you pay. Mm-hmm. 51, they're going to add a buck 60. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's clients that you keep for over 30 days. So let's say you wanted to do a seven-day challenge. 
And that's how you wanted to use as your lead magnet. So you're running a, a seven-day challenge and you set it up and structure it all inside the app to deliver the emails for it, to give them the workouts, to give them the nutrition, all the information, just schedule it out. It's a program, it's set up. And then when you add the person to the app, you add them to that challenge group and then boom, they're getting everything automatically. And you can schedule it to go out, you know, the day of or every other, you know, like say they sign up on today, tomorrow's email is going to be this. Someone who signs up on Friday, their Saturday email is going to be their first email. So you literally can just schedule that out to whenever they sign up, it starts. Or you can schedule everybody on the same time. So like when I did my lose a size challenge, when I put that out there, I had 216 people sign up and we started on January 1st or no, it was October. It was in October. We started all the people in that group. And then I told them, I said, I have to pay for every one of you that's in this group. So your payment to me, because I've gotten this for free, is you have to participate. And if I don't see you checking in and you're not responding to my messages, mm-hmm. I'm kicking you out of the challenge. And I did. After the first week, I fired 90 clients. Now, they were free clients, so they didn't really cost me anything. And because I got them off of the app before they were in for a month, I didn't have to pay that buck sixty. Hmm. And so, yeah, by the time we got down to the end of the month, I think I was down to 40 some odd clients mm-hmm. and in that challenge. And I think about four of them became clients, paying clients after that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got a big investment of, of time and effort for a challenge. This was a 28-day challenge. So, again, very, very big investment for a challenge like that. But it did net me clients, which was, which was what I was after. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it sounds like you do challenges, you can train people online. And I know you mentioned before we started that there, the price can be between $75 to even $399 if they do one-on-one with you. Could you go over the process you, you use to get clients and then to convert them to paying customers if it's not a challenge? Because yeah. it sounds like you don't do that every so, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I was doing, I did a lot of the challenges and, and they're good. You know, you get lots of people to sign up for a free challenge. And then when you ask them for a credit card number to do anything else, they well, no, I'm not interested. Like, but you lost a size, you know, so still not interested. And then a month later, they've, they put that size back on. There's just people that are just not ready. They're just not ready to do what's necessary. They'll, they'll, they'll stick with the challenge because it's fun and exciting. And they'll do all your free challenges if you let them. If you just sit there and just keep running free challenges, there's a, there's a group of people that will love you. They will just adore you and they'll do all your free challenges. But they're never going to give you a whole lot of money for anything. So you've got to kind of preface this with uh, transformation. What can you do for them and really change things for them and really change their mindset so that they see online training as the, the approach they need, the value of what they're after. And so what, I, what I'll typically do is I'll do one of three things. I'll, I'll either do a challenge, and most of my challenges are 28 days, only because I know that for someone to really change physically, they need to put some time in. And so the, the people that do put the time in for my challenges, they, they get the actual results I promised them. So that's the first key is you do your challenges, meet the promise. I'll also do workshops and my workshop is based around my structure, the wellness roadmap. And so basically it's a five day thing where we go through the mindset stuff. We go ahead and set our GPS, set our roadmap for where we want to go with our health and fitness. And that structure helps people really break down what they need to do to reach their goals. And so that one I actually did sell because I was doing, doing calls each night. So each night for five nights, I got on a conference call 
with the people that were doing that. And so there was a price to it and they came in and we got on the calls. We had the conference calls, go over the lesson, have, answer any questions they had, kind of be that support for them. And so I would do something like that where I'm, I'm actively engaged with them and that netted some clients. Nice. So you charge them for the workshop and then they ended um, up turning. So as you kind of go into this, just recognize, yeah, there's going to, there's a couple of them, a couple of them have become clients. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the final way to do this and, and actually probably the, the best way is the slow burn. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'm doing a podcast. I wrote the book. I'm active on social media groups of people that are your target, the person you want to work with. And they're asking questions and it could be nutrition questions. It can be fitness questions. It can be mindset questions. And you just take the time to answer their questions. And from some of those people, you know, when you see them and you make that post, they're going to thank you. That's an opportunity. Now, some people will go in and immediately try to friend request that person and direct message them. That feels a little creepy to me, but, if, if that's an approach you want to take and it works for you, that's the kind of person you're like, you want to do that, friend them. Otherwise, it's just the, the continual having the conversation with people in a group and, and you'll, you'll start to build these relationships, even if it's not a direct friend, friend on the, on the platform. And then people will reach out and want to learn more. And when you have that person that, that comes to you and says, oh, I want to, I want to do something more. That's, that's when you're not even really having to sell anymore because at this point they're asking you for help. And, you know, that's something you know, as a 40 year old, you know, knowing, can I keep training my shoulder? How do I keep training when I have a shoulder issue and do I need to go get surgery first? The way I said it was I let them know that I'm a trainer that understands working with injuries. Mm -hmm. And because the people in the group are my target, they're the kind of people I want to work with that, that resonates with people. So you, I get a direct message. Tell me more about how I can work shoulders without irritating my shoulder. So it sounds like you're saying go, go into Facebook groups, give out a lot of free answers, information, you know, let people know your, your certifications. And did you just go into like groups that have mostly 40 plus people? Yeah. I mean, because that's, that's who I want to work with. Uh, you know, I've actually had a guy, he was, 38 years old and wanted to hire me. And I said, no, come back in two years. That's, that's how I actually, that's how I actually feel about it. You know, but, and you have to do that. You have to sit there and say, if this person isn't the ideal client, then I, I actually don't want them because that takes away from the quality of what I'm doing. It, it takes away from my branding and I, I want to stay true to brand. And so understanding who you are, you know, you shouldn't be trying to train everybody. I know when we're in a gym setting, that's a little more difficult. Like when I do my groups, I, I, I don't necessarily do an ID check to say you can be in my group, but I will say just the kind of person I am and who I resonate with of the people in my groups, only one of them I believe is under 40 and she's not much under 40. So if, if she is at all, I, again, I, don't, I, I, I didn't ask for ages, so I don't know what her age is, but most of the people I'm working with are are well over 40. So just, that's just a natural who I am and how I, how I sell myself. But you know, the three ways that we talked about, you know, the challenges, easy to set up, low barrier to entry. You can get a lot of people doing it. You know, if I run a, a certain challenge and I put some ads on Facebook, I can spend a hundred dollars and, and get a few hundred people into a challenge. Hmm. Easy. Okay. So I'll go back. The, the challenges are really easy. 
you know, mm-hmm. you, you come up with the challenge, you write up all the emails, you put that into your autoresponder, and then you just start telling people about the challenge. And so I can do a certain challenge, run some ads on Facebook, they go to my sign-up page, it's absolutely free, all I'm asking them for is, that, is their first name and their email, so low barrier to entry, from there, you just keep pushing them, try to get them in your Facebook group, try to interact with them, and, and it goes. Yeah, and then you said, okay. um, just try to get them into your Facebook group, and those are easy. Yeah, those are easy. So you, you get them in your Facebook group. Now you're interacting with them. Now you have access to them uh, on a fairly regular basis. You have their email address, so you can do some email marketing to them, and, and that's your overall game. With the workshops, or if you wanted to do it more as a webinar, you know, that's an event type thing. In some cases, you can charge for those if there's enough value. Just realize when you charge, you're going to get less people, but you're going to get better compliance. So in a normal challenge, I would say 80% of the people that sign up for a free challenge never do any of the challenge. Mm-hmm. They, they'll, they'll open up the first one or two emails, but if it's a you know, 28-day challenge, by the time I get to the end, I've got about a 10% compliance rate. If I have someone pay, even if it's a nominal amount, like $7 or $5, what I found is that the compliance rate is closer to 80% or 90%. So understanding those two and the investment, the investment's about the same. You're just going to be selling to fewer people if you're running something that's paid versus doing something that's completely free where you'll get a ton of people. And then the final way is just that, like I said, that slow burn of just being there for people and not hard selling them at all. And in fact, in most groups, I'd say don't sell at all. You can tell them you're a personal trainer. You can say, with my clients, I do this. And then if they start asking some more detailed questions, you can just say, you know, there's a lot of information I would need from you that I really don't think you want to post in a public group. Private message me and I'll be glad to help you. And then you get them onto a private message and you're having a really good conversation with them there. And when they start understanding that you could coach them over Facebook Messenger, then it kind of clicks with them. I don't have to have someone in the gym counting reps for me if I have someone like this that understands me and my problem. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. So, in the, so, so that's a great way to get people in your app with your online training platform. What are the different types of packages that you or services that you offer in your platform? Yeah. I'm, I'm a big proponent of keep it simple. I've had lots of little programs I've sold. I've sold 28-day $28 programs. Those were generally popular, but I, I really didn't connect so much with the people that were doing it. And, and it wasn't something that I felt I wanted to keep doing. So right now I have basically two things. I do the online personal training one-on-one. That's my, that's my core. And that's where I do everything a personal trainer would do. We do movement assessment. We do all the other assessments, everything's in there. And then I actually coach them. I say, okay, here's your programming. Here's your, we're going to talk about nutrition. We're going to have a weekly call and I get them on the phone each week and we, I hold them accountable and we talk about what's going on. They can message me through the app during the week. I have, you know, some clients that actually, you know, every workout we're, we're having a conversation about their workout. So I'm doing everything a personal trainer would do except counting reps. And if they even want me to do their, look at their, their squats, you know, the, the format of their squats, they can send me the video in app, send me the video and I can see their squats. Hmm. So I can, I can critique their form just like a, a personal trainer would do. 
And so I do that. Only thing, again, I'm not counting reps. So it makes it much more cost effective to pay for an online service. But if you hired a personal trainer to be there for each of your workouts and you're working out three, four times a week, you're paying over $1,000 a month for that personal trainer. And so it, it actually is quite cost effective for one-on-one -on -one training online. Then I have the group training. The group training is basically, I do have some, some set programs in the app that they can pull down. So if they want to do strength, they want to do functional fitness, they want to do mobility, I have those workouts in there ready for them to go. But it's a base core workout. There's no customization. It's not like I said, you know, take a video of your gym so I can see what's going on. Uh, like with my one-on-one -on -one client, if they go like, I'm going on a cruise, which um, probably isn't happening right now. <laughs> So you were telling us about the different ways to get people into your, oh no, sorry. So you were telling us about the different programs you offer, the $75 group training. Yeah. And so, yeah, with the group training, we have a weekly conference call instead of the one-on-one. -on -one. I typically go in with like a lesson. So if you think of it, I do the podcast and I'll do some solo episodes on the podcast. And if you can imagine, I just go in and have a short 10 to 15 minute lesson. We'll talk about something, uh, particularly if one of the clients has, has asked me some questions during the week and I feel like that's a good area to dive into. Um, we'll have that conversation. And then I open it up for Q&A. So anyone that's on the conference call can, can join in and ask questions about the lesson. And then I have an open Q&A. So anything that's going on that they want to talk about, if it's you know, nutrition-wise, fitness-wise, they heard something or they're concerned about something, then we can talk through that. And so they have me as long as they need me. What I found is if I get more than, you know, 10 people starting to show up for a, a given conference call, it's worth me having a second one. So if I start seeing my numbers, the conference calls go too high where it's, it's not conducive for everybody to have a conversation and kind of connect, then I go ahead and I, I just close it off and I say, okay, we're going to have two calls and you go ahead and register for which call you're going to come on to. Uh, so we can keep some numbers and keep, keep that a good conversation. But in a general sense, that's not really a problem, but I record each of the conference calls and make that available to everybody. So right now there's a collection of about a hundred past conference calls. And so as a new group client comes on, there's a ton of material there. All my group clients and, and my one-on-one -on -one clients, when they come on, uh, they basically go through my wellness roadmaps. The first four or five days on the app, they're getting messages and they're going through a process um, that I use to set my client's mindset straight uh, from the get-go. And we set their goals and we set their expectations and we understand their, their limitations and capacities. And so we set this plan. And from that plan, then I as the coach know exactly what each person needs. So when I'm having a conversation with them, I, I understand, okay, this is, a, this is a blind client. And when I'm talking to her about something, it's a little different. I can't just shoot her over to any old YouTube channel and say, here's, here's a guy telling you how to do uh, a goblet squat. For example, I, I have to spend a little bit of time to talk them through how the actual exercise works. And so, you know, I spend probably more time with my group clients than I should, but it's a labor of love. And so when someone asks you a question, you, you do take the time to answer it, but they get the weekly calls. They get a chance to ask me questions. They have my email address and they have the app so they can message me anytime. Um, and I'm there for them. And if they want to track some habits, like, you know, I want to you know, cut back on my sugar or I want to make sure I'm drinking enough water, 
we can actually code that into the app. So each day they get a, an opportunity to check in and say, okay, did you drink the water? Did you stay under your sugar goal? Those questions can be put out to them each afternoon or each evening uh, for them to check in and say, yeah, I, I had a good water day and I, I kept my sugar low. And so you keep them consistently doing something long enough, they build the habits. And that's really what this is all about. Hmm. Yeah. And just so I understand how much time and effort is going into your group clients, which, and they pay about the $75 per month. It sounds like so you have the Q&A with the lesson every week, and then you have an open Q&A, possibly a second Q&A, but everything else sounds like it's kind of self-automated through the app. Yeah. If, the, if they're tracking their habits and their group client, if it's a situation where they're actually not after a week you start they start to not keep up with the habits do you actually monitor that and then step in even though they're just a group client so i was just saying so you have this group uh, client aspect 75 dollars a month and just so i can get an idea of how much work it takes for you it sounds like you have the the lesson with the q a then you have the open q a and then you have possibly a second q a when you track clients uh track habits do you also have to track everybody's habits so you step in in case yeah, they're not? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so my, my basic approach is this, and I, from a pricing perspective, I, I've basically allocated about an hour of my time per week per client. So just kind of give you an idea of, you know, what I feel is sustainable for me to have a true group practice. I have to have an hour available for each and every one of them. And, and some I'm spending a little more than that. Like the first, the first week a new client comes on, it's a lot more than that because we're going through and I'm really trying to get them to commit to change. I'm trying to get them to understand why they failed in the past and what we can do about not letting that happen again. So it's that really that, that internal dive that's important. So I spend a lot more with a, an individual client at the beginning. And then later on, you know, like I said, the workouts are already out there. They're already tied in. If they are tracking then basically all I've got to do is I'll log in about once every three or four days and I'll just see, okay, how, how is Debbie doing? You know, how, how is uh, Jeff doing? And I'll go through and, and see, okay, you know, each of them, I'll go through their, their profiles, see where they've checked in, what they're doing. You know, if I start seeing a, a bunch of no's that they didn't comply, I'll go ahead and send them an email and say, Hey, uh, I noticed that you're, you're checking no more times than not. What's, what, what's going on? Or if they're not checking in at all, then I can say, I see you've stopped checking in. What's, you know, what's going on? And sometimes it's just, they got sick or, you know, they, they, something came up or they just, you know, they just fell off. And so that little, a little rib right there with that, just an email and an email, you know, it takes me 20 seconds to look at their profile and 20 seconds to send an email. So in less than a minute, I'm on their profile. I'm sending the email in the app. So I don't even have to go anywhere else. I just click send message and I can literally email them from directly right there from their profile. So mm -hmm. uh, I can go through my clients really, really quickly to kind of put this in, in context. I, I onboarded 216 clients hmm. in, in, for one challenge and they were all in the app and I was messaging them on a regular basis and, and I was able to keep up with those clients for, for the, the month that we were doing this. And I was doing that same kind of structure of about every three to four days. And then I started firing clients that weren't complying because again, they weren't paying me. So I started firing them. And by the end, I got down to where I was less than 50 clients and most of them had complied and had gotten results. 
So at that point, the conversations were, wow, this is great. And we're, I'm getting results. I'm going to definitely keep this going on. And it's like, well, how can I serve you going forward? Because we are coming to the, towards the end of this thing, but I don't want this to be the end. So how can I serve you? And those were now at this point, because I was down to 50, very individualized conversations. And I knew enough about them because we had been together working for 28 days, you know, that we felt like we were on first name basis. You know, it wasn't just some person on my computer. We had had a couple conversations. And so at that point, you know, it, it was, it was a relationship, just like I said, you know, the best way to sell locally and online, it's, it's a similar thing, but it's a slightly different relationship, but you've got to have that relationship. And that's, that's how they become clients. When they're clients now, they know you, they know your email address, thing, you know, coach Allen. And so, yeah, they're likely to ask you questions on a regular basis. And, you know, most of these things are going to take you just a, a minute or two to, to respond to. And I always tell them if it's going to take me more than a couple minutes to write an email to you, it's probably something for us to talk about on the next call. Mm, mm -hmm. I'll say, so if you can't make the next call, at least listen to the replay because I'm going to answer your question in a lot more detail on Saturday, for, for example, our next call is on Saturday. But so if the next call is on Saturday, like I'm, on Saturday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure to answer your question completely. And I'll even have done, probably done a little bit more research on this just to make sure I've got the citations and know exactly the full picture today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for those 50 clients, it sounds like for your challenge that great 200 prospects, 50 stayed on. They were, they didn't pay anything. Um, fortunately, you have to pay anything in the app for that first 28 days. You basically gave them like your full service of a group that, you know, you gave them that much attention to show them the full value. I was just curious. So for the challenges, when you, so you get the 200 prospects, on average, about 50 comply. And then after 28 days, you know, you're brought to the question if they continue. For those 50 clients during the 28 days, do you give them that full service of that you would give a regular group client? In, in this particular challenge, I did. It was a different approach. Most of my challenges are just email based. Mm. So, you know, like I say, say we're going to do a squat challenge and I'm like, you're going to get an email from me each day with your workout of the day. There'll be a motivational quote, there'll be a tip and then some form of, of just write up. And usually it's just tell a story, you know, give some information and, and then, you know, interact. And so most of my challenges are just that. Mm, okay. So a little bit, not because that sounds like a lot of work if you had to give. It, it, it is. It mm -hmm. is. And so I wouldn't encourage people to do that much work. Do a couple free challenges, but just make them, make them easy. You know, mm -hmm. try like a seven day uh, challenge. You know, maybe it's a seven day whole food challenge. So for seven days, nothing from a canned bag or box or jar. Make your own food. And that means going to the grocery store and shopping in the produce and the, the, the meat counter, get some eggs, maybe some butter, and then just eat whole food for seven days. And that's your challenge. And so each day you're sending them an email with, you know, like I said, a story, a quote, just things that they have to get to know you better because that's what this is really about is getting them to know you and like you. And then if the seven days they go through, they get results. Now you're starting to build that trust. Mm -hmm. And, and so, like I said, you could keep doing these challenges. There's going to be people that are just going to do every free challenge you put out there. They're going to love every one of them. They're going to just tell you how much they love you. And then you say, Hey, here's a paid challenge, $7 for 28 day um, program. And some of them will just say no. Mm -hmm. And you're like, but it's $7. It's like, well, I don't want to pay for a challenge. Okay. 
but they wouldn't pay you for the challenge. They really haven't decided they need your service. You're not solving their problem. Mm-hmm. You're just fun. Your challenges are fun and they're enjoying them. So don't get too wrapped up in the, I have to keep doing these. Try different things. I, I still, you know, I'm four years into this and I'm still trying different approaches. I'm still doing different little things here and there just to see how the market takes it. You know, I ask people what they want. Everybody wants to lose weight. That's their answer. And, you know, but when I really try to dive down into why, I found out most of them don't really want to lose weight. They want to get off of their diabetes medications. You know, their knees hurt. And the doctor told them if they lost some weight, their knees wouldn't hurt as bad. So they want to get rid of knee pain. But their, their initial thoughts are always going to be weight. And that's 99% of the people that come to a personal trainer, that's going to be exactly what they're asking for. But, you know, you know, when you really kind of dive down with them a little bit, but you're never going to get that opportunity to dive down to them unless you connect with them. And so that's where the challenges come in and the podcast and the book and all those things that I'm doing is really just to connect with as many people in my demo as I can and then just have a conversation with them. Nice. So how long does a average, let's say, group member or one-on-one client stay with you? I have had clients since 2017 that are still with me. So, you know, some stick around and most stick around. I, I don't do a lot of churn because I'm really focused on retention. Mm-hmm. Even though, like I said, I, I do the challenges. I do some other things here and there to bring in new people, to meet new people. I'm, I'm not a numbers person where I just want a whole lot of people. I, in fact, I went through my mail list earlier this year and went through and deleted everyone on my mail list that has not interacted with my emails in over six months. Yeah. And so if they didn't open an email in six months, I, I, I deleted them from my email list and I cut my email list in half. Mm-hmm. And most people would say, oh my God, that's crazy. You, had, you know, had all those emails and you just deleted them. I'm like, yeah, because I, they weren't going to be a client and I was, I was wasting time, not necessarily because I, I, you know, but when you look at deliverable rates on my email, it was like, okay, if, if they're not going to open the email, then it's not an open. So that's not really doing anybody any good. It's just filling up an electronic mailbox somewhere and it's making my mail service think that I'm sending irrelevant stuff. And apparently I was, if, or they would be opening my emails. So I basically, if they don't respond to my emails or not engaged in opening them and reading them, then I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time worrying about it. So I'd rather have a smaller email list. I'd rather have a smaller group. I'd rather have a smaller uh, clientele when they're really engaged because when you get engaged clients, they're successful and that success feeds into other clients, particularly like we get on a group call and my one-on-one clients, they're entitled to come on the group call too. That's included in their, their deal. So some of them do. And it's interesting to be having a conversation with them and they have been working with me long enough. They start actually being active participants in the call. Hmm. So I might say, here's the lesson. What do you think? You have any questions, any comments? A lot of times it's my own members that will come through and respond and say, yeah, this is how it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So on average, how many paid members do you have on your app every month? And what percentage is group and what percentage is one-on-one? Right now, I'm, I'm probably, actually, I'm, I'm a little low in the group, in the whole thing, because I, I, be, I have not really been doing any marketing. I stopped doing challenges. I did a workshop in January, but I haven't really done any marketing there. Uh, so right now, I think I'm sitting somewhere around, I don't know, 15 total clients and half of them are one-on-one. So it's not 
huge. I mean, you know, and, and, and you can, there are people out there that are, that are making huge money. There are people out there that are charging, you know, for their services, you know, thousands of dollars for a 12 week thing. And that's great. I, I like that people can do that, but I'm more of the, I, I know every single one of my clients, even the group clients, I, I know their name. I know where they live. I know what their issues are. And that's why I can say 30% of my clients are blind. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm training people that otherwise would really struggle to, to get fit. Now, one of them, she actually pays an, a personal trainer at her gym to, to do the physical training there at a gym. Um, but we have conversations and I say, okay, she says, you know, I'm noticing this problem or that problem. I said, okay, well, tell me what your trainer is doing with you. And here's the question to ask. So she can go to the trainer that's there helping her load the machine, get her on the machine safely, do the, or, or the free weights, do the work safely. And then she can, she can get home. And so when she's asking questions, I'm like, okay, here's, here's what I would ask the trainer, or here's what I would say you might want to ask your trainer if you can do like, she was like, I'm doing the workouts, but I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. And I'm like, okay, well, are you increasing the load? Are you, you know, adding resistance to actually get it stronger? And she says, no, we're using the same weight. So I said, okay, well, just tell, tell your, your, your fitness instructor, you know, tell, tell your personal trainer that you want to get a little stronger. Can you start going up on some of the weights where it actually makes sense for you to be under, under load? And so we can have, you know, I can have those conversations with a client in just a few emails and it doesn't take a ton of my time and she's getting huge value out of that because I understand what she needs and I understand her and I know her name and I know where she's from and she's on the group calls and we're talking on a regular basis. So, you know, you build those relationships and I'm, so I'm much more into that, which is going to be the retention side than the churn and bringing in hundreds and hundreds of people that just churn out. I, you know, I'll do that. I'll do a challenge. Yeah, that's really to build up my email list a little bit. That's to build up my Facebook group and kind of get that going. You know, you need new blood in there all the time anyway, but you, you don't have to blow this out. You don't have to think I've got to be, you know, six figures or I'm not making it. The, the cool thing about online is that you can, you can scale once you have a model, but really, really take the time. And so I, I still feel four years into this that I'm still working on my model mm-hmm. and I'm enjoying the heck out of what I'm doing. You know, I have the freedom to live where I want to live. I was able to buy the gym, gym doing uh, that I'm doing industrial and, and I have the online and they don't conflict with each other. They, they, they actually mesh really well together because I can take things I'm learning from my clients in real life stories and I can share those. No, no problem. I, I mean, there was, it was it's not a problem at all. I completely understand. But I think, um, you know, we covered the, the, the three like big components of a business. So I can kind of just do a wrap up and yeah. So unless you, there's anything specifically else you wanted to share. No, no. I, I think the one thing, the only other thing I'd put in out there is, you know, I, I'm keeping it simple, mm. trying to not have too many things out there, you know, at, at any given time. So it's group training. It's one-on-one training. I'm very selective about who goes into my one-on-one training. So it's an application base. But for my group clients, if they want to get on a one-on-one call, I, I sell them individual sessions. So and, and group, you know, like they can buy a block of three. So if they want to get on calls, they have a means of doing that as an add-on to being a group client. Now, they won't do the programming or the movement assessment or the video stuff. But if they just want to get on the phone and, and talk about some things, 
that that's there. So that's, you know, from a simple model, it's those, it's just those things, the, the, the group, the on-on-one, and then the ability for them to connect with me deeper if they want to. And, and just keeping it simple means my, my model is very easy to manage. Huh, nice. I didn't know you did the uh, add-ons. How much does it cost for the add-on calls? Uh, it depends on whether they buy a group or not, but I basically charge $40 for a half hour. Mm, okay, nice. Wow. Well, Alan, you've done so much. I'm so impressed by your book. Um, you've carved out a life that works for you. You're living in Panama. You have your own gym now and you have a podcast and an app. So thank you for sharing all of your knowledge. I really, it was really great talking to you today. Thank you, Christy. Great. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. Oh, I have three freebies. Number one, get your full edited transcription with bullet points of the key lessons from today's show on our website, fitnesssecrets.co. That's fitnesssecrets with an S at the end, .co. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter, which gets you access to our monthly freebie marketing and operations content that you can use for your own fitness business. Freebie number two. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to the show in your podcast player by hitting the subscribe button. Since the show happens because of listeners like you, could you also leave a review? If you email us your review at support at fitnessecrets.co, you'll receive a complimentary one-hour coaching call with me and a $150 credit towards the first challenge that we will be releasing soon. Finally, freebie number three. We started the Fitness Secrets Facebook group. I know thinking and designing of new marketing campaigns, planning out your operations each month for your fitness clients is exhausting. Our goal is for the group to help you plan out your marketing, plan out your operations so you can get more clients efficiently. To join, go to facebook.com and search Fitness Business Secrets. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.